A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hello everyone and welcome back to Pixels where we cover the news from the video game world and industry. My name is Patrick Beja and uh, we have a bunch of stuff to go through today. We're going to be talking about the Nintendo Direct from uh, tonight, yesterday, depending on where you live. We're going to be talking about World of Warcraft Classic, which has really taken the world, the real world by storm in a way that I think many didn't expect. Um, and we're going to be talking about a bunch of other things and to help me do all of that, I'm very happy to be welcoming back to the show uh, Taliesin. I can't remember if we say your first name. Yes, we, I we usually we... say Nick here. I think right, We're very right. grown up and professional here. It is... We call me Nick here, and then everyone's <laughs> like, "I don't know who this Nick is." He sounds a lot like Taliesin, and I hate that guy. Uh, but you know, um, yeah, I'm here to help, Patrick. Thank you. I definitely need your help because <laughs> I'm not into WoW Classic, and you are. So um, yeah, I feel I like you're been... not, you old curmudgeon. I know, um, I know. We're going to be talking about that. I'm not going to be talking a lot because I've been saying bad things about World of Warcraft in many shows. Oh, in you have been attracting shows. the ire of the internet, Patrick. I've seen it. A little bit, are, a little you bit. You are public enemy number one in this community. But I have, you straight. <laughs> I have refined my, uh, I, you know, it, it's forced me to think a lot about why I feel those feelings. And I think I've managed to put them into a more uh, uh, understandable, even for myself, uh, way. So we'll talk about that in a little bit. And mostly I'll let you talk because you're excited about it. And I'm looking forward to hearing what you have to say there. But first, let's start with a delicious amuse-bouche, um, the Nintendo Direct that happened just a few hours ago with a ton of games mentioned, many of them, most of them, uh, being games that are being, you know, ported over to the Switch, but uh, still, and many of them are coming out today, like every other game was like, and it's available today, Snap Switch, and another game, and <laughs> it's available today, like it's everything today in this uh, Nintendo Direct, almost, uh, but a bunch of things, something we were expecting, some things we weren't, um, is there anything that you are specifically, because we can't mention all the games, it's impossible, there were like, I don't know, 50 games mentioned, anything that uh, stood out for you that you would like to uh, mention here? Yeah. I'd just like to say this announcement when it came out yesterday was like all my Christmases and dreams come true. It's, it's a beautiful <laughs> thing. And if, I think if there's a recurring theme of the show today, Patrick, it's reveling in nostalgia and rose-tinted specs. And everything seems aimed exactly at my generation in this show. And I, I absolutely love it. I'm having, Just reading this list of games that are coming out, um, uh, SNES games for the Switch, I'm, I'm so excited. You've got F-Zero in there, um, which I've, I've been waiting to play a game for absolutely ages because I can't be bothered downloading 
downloading uh, ports and, 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 and emulators and, and things or, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, obviously, Legend of Zelda and Super Mario Kart and all things like games that like genuinely are really good games. So, so wait a second. Let's let's detail that because you glossed over. But the Super Nintendo games, um, I think they have the the longest name in the world for this feature. Super Nintendo Entertainment System for Nintendo Switch Online is what it is. So essentially, they're adding Super NES games uh, to the Switch Online library, which already included NES games. And that's something we were expecting to see, but um, they have confirmed it's coming, I think, today. It, they said it was tomorrow, so maybe today or tomorrow. Um, and it's at no additional cost. So I speculated they might, you know, do something, an, another tier for Switch Online, but they aren't, at least now. And uh, Super NES games are coming, and you're happy. And lots of them, yeah, and that's the thing, because I was kind of assuming they'd be a bit stingy about it and put out maybe a, a tiny little handful every now and then, which is mm. kind of Nintendo's way with sort of retro games generally. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, the, the sheer breadth of choice of, of, of the Super Nintendo games there at the moment has got me incredibly excited. Because um, yeah. NES games, they're fun from a kind of, oh, let's look at the box art and let's jump in sort of way, but they're not really very good games. I um, agree. Whereas... I think the 16-bit the generation is when it started. I mean, of course, some people love the 8-bit generation games themselves, but it's when it started being like universally games that you can actually play forever because they're just visually appealing and good games, period. Better than... sure back then yeah i mean super mario world is going to be a good game whenever you play it and wherever you play it and playing it on my uh, switch is absolutely perfect that's gonna be fantastic so i'm gonna get all of those i'm gonna play all of them like genuinely and genuinely enjoy them um if shadow run was on there as well it'd be the best list of games maybe ever <laughs> um, uh, and, and they're all from the super nintendo that might be my generation bias kind of coming through a little bit there but mm -hmm. um yeah, even Super Soccer, I'm looking excited. I'm excited oh, playing, and that's a terrible wow. game. All that's right. a terrible, yeah. terrible that, game. That's, that's not part of the list of game. Yeah, that's not part of the list of awesome games that I was mentioning. Not of the awesome games, but it's on yeah. the list, though, Patrick. I'm going to okay. play it. Fair enough. Uh, but yeah, you're right. They're basically including almost everything we were. Uh, I was hoping for in my fever dreams uh and certainly <laughs> super mario mario world i'm going to be on planes a little bit over the um the fall i'm i mean there are so many things i want to play but i'm probably going to be playing that so yeah definitely excited about that anything else that jumped at you uh what from the uh the announcement in general yeah um, yeah, uh, da, 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 let me just uh, go through it all. Um, Obradin, obviously, the kind of game that we sort of see as being the reason why my Switch exists, mm. uh, a game like uh, Return of the Obradin, um, which is a game that came out and everyone said, this is a really good game. You're a grown-up and you really like games and you're going to enjoy this game. And it's kind of, you know, the reason why you play games, honestly. And I'm like, yes, that's amazing. And then I watched like a video about it on YouTube and I never <laughs> get around to play it. Um, and for me, that's what the Switch is for. When something comes out on Switch, I'm like, well, this is perfect. I don't have to be sitting in front of my PC. I can be taking it out on trains and planes and on the toilet and things like that. Right. So I'll so download the, the... it and I, oh, I'll buy that game so hard and I might even play it. 
You never even know. <laughs> that happens a lot for me, buying games. Yeah, out I haven't not, played not about yeah. 70% of the games that yeah. I've downloaded onto my Switch, but they're there and I could play them at Just any moment. Just in case. The knowledge. Uh, yeah, exactly. The knowledge. <laughs> totally. Yeah. And Oberdin is totally going to join that list and I'm looking forward to it. Um, and of course, uh, the big sort of news from a Blizzard point of view, um, uh, which interests us both um, uh, sort of uh, irrationally, I guess, um, is uh, Overwatch. Coming October 15, um, with yeah. some little tiny tidbits like motion control, which I don't think is going to be a thing uh, for many people. But yeah, Overwatch coming to Switch. Uh, they mentioned, the team mentioned uh, a, a couple of years ago that they would be interested in looking at it, but you know, it's difficult and et cetera, et cetera. I'm wondering how graphically uh, uh, gr the graphical fidelity will be. But um, it's going to be there. I think it's not going to be quite for me, but I don't really play Overwatch on consoles. But if there is a console I'll play it on, it's going to be the Switch because... <laughs> it's that know, old story, and, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I was going to ask, actually, if you had played it on console, because I have, mm -hmm. um, and it's, it's not much fun after coming from the PC. Um, for, for obvious reasons of kind of movement and mobility and and aiming and playing Widowmaker on a console is the most miserable thing that I've ever done on a console. <laughs> um, uh, but I bought it for my brother on on PlayStation, and my brother is is a really good barometer of uh, what's going to be super su successful because you know me and you, Patrick, we're game enthusiasts. We kind of make our living out of it as well. Um, we're not actually the target audience for most games that want to be world conquering massive games you know my brother is we're not the kind of people that make um you know uh like uh, madden or fifa or skyrim the biggest games ever in the history of the world my brother is the kind of person that makes those games mm -hmm. the, biggest the kind games of person who buys maybe a couple of year uh, games a year exactly. the big ones so the sports ones and yeah you bet. So um, I, I got him Overwatch uh, on his on his PlayStation when that released, and yeah, there was about a day's worth of play on that because it's a difficult game to play on 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 console. It, it doesn't feel as satisfying. It's not as good. But you're right. If there's any console I'm going to play it on, it will be Switch, and maybe the movement controls will help with that. I've seen I've seen them kind of using movement controls in the in the little trailer that they put out for for Widowmaker aiming and things like that. Maybe yeah. that'll make it a bit different, a mm. bit easier. But I'm you know. I mean, I, I do want to say that there are a lot of people who play it on on uh, on consoles and who love it. Um, I think it's more about where you start. Like, I've cool. started playing um, Destiny, obviously, on consoles because that's where it was. And I love it. And there are tons of even FPS games that I play on consoles because they, I kind of associate them with the consoles. Um, but I do agree that if you kind of get used to playing a, a certain game with a mouse and keyboard, you're probably going to want to be playing that. You know, it's going to be difficult for you to do that switch, except maybe on the switch. I mean, the thing is, there are so many games that I want to play on switch. It's probably not Overwatch is not going to be one that I'm going to spend my t my switch time on. Um, but we now have Diablo and um, Overwatch on Switch, BlizzCon might be a, a fun time to whip out the Switch and play Blizzard games at BlizzCon with other people mobilely. Yeah. So, and when they see. when they put WoW Classic on there as well, you're going to have a really <laughs> healthy library of games on the exactly. Switch. I think uh, Overwatch is an interesting one as well because, of course, it's a 100% online game. I mean, right. you, you literally can't play it unless you're online, well, which so has sort of implications. 
I was uh, going to say uh, so is Diablo, but that's not true. On consoles, you can play as offline. No, no, offline, it's not actually. true. Yeah. And and so there's literally no way you can play mm-hmm. any Overwatch at all uh, without being online. Um, yeah. So I think it comes bundled with with three months of uh, Nintendo online services as well, which is really mm-hmm. good. Um, uh, but I I you know obviously again we're enthusiasts. We have those subscriptions. We get online with it. And we 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 do those things. But again, that's going to be something that could be a major factor in whether that's people right. pick that game up for for Switch because that's another expensive service that you're mm-hmm. paying for. All right, that's too much time spent uh, on Overwatch, but we are fans, <laughs> uh, probably the biggest Overwatch fans you you know. Um, I don't know if that's true. There are a lot of Overwatch fans in the world. Uh, all right, anything else? There's Super, Super Kirby Clash, which looked... It's available today, by the way. It, it looks like baby Super Smash Bro- Brothers, uh, like PvE Super... I don't know. It's It's one of those games where, as you were saying, people like us, it's not really for us... But especially with Nintendo, they have these games and and elements of some games targeted at younger players, which we don't get, but they have a a lot of fun time with. And there is no alternative for in the gaming industry. It's only on Nintendo and those games are perfect for them. I think it's something like that. And it's free to, to start, too. So easy to get into. There's a Trials of Mana remake, which old... People will enjoy uh, a bunch of weird <laughs> so stuff. many remakes that old people enjoy. Yeah, it's it's the theme of the, the show. <laughs> uh, uh, Jedi Knight Two as well. Um, yeah, Xenoblade Chronicles. Um, there's a game called Little Town Hero by Game Freak. Um, I see, that's the other one that I'm really looking forward to as really? well. Really? Okay. Yeah, seriously, I, I love that kind of stuff on the Switch. Again, that's the kind of thing I wouldn't touch on uh, my PC or, or a console. But you put that on the Switch, I'll be like, yes, that looks amazing. <laughs> that looks exactly what I want. And you'll buy it and maybe not play it. Uh, Divinity I think that's really unfair, Patrick. I'll play about five, ten minutes of it, and I'll really enjoy it. <laughs> so many games I've played two minutes. Um, <laughs> Divinity 2 Definitive Edition is coming with cross-save with Steam, so you can import your uh, save from there. That is really cool. That I really yeah. I, I really like. Um, I mean, so many other things. Uh, there is a bunch of videos for Link's Awakening, which is coming a day before my birthday. Thank you very much. Terry Boggart. <laughs> Boggart. Terry Bugger from uh, uh, SNK Fighting Games coming to Super Smash Brothers. Um, so so much stuff. Uh, I think I'm, we're going to stop there, but it was... We're just listing games at this point, Patrick. Yeah, we're just exactly. saying names and going, oh, oh my God, this too. Oh, Tetris 99 <laughs> update. Um, and and it's, it's nothing incredible, but a lot of small things as usual for, you know, just a random direct that was announced two days ago and just showed up. Uh, all right, let's talk a little bit about WoW Classic, and I'm going to let you talk because you didn't play it back in the day, um, and you so you you never had the experience, the the difficult, uh, uh, rugged experience of Classic of vanilla 15 years ago. Um, so tell us what uh, in what spirit you approached it initially, and how it's been going for the past. 10 days um oh, you're absolutely that- right patrick i was i was born into the coddled <laughs> cotton wool wrapped era of uh wrath of the lich king um when that first released so i'm a wrath baby mm-hmm. um i'm a wow baby even because i've only played this game for 
an entire decade of my entire life. <laughs> um, so I'm a baby and I don't understand what the real world of Warcraft is all about. So I, I, and I've been fascinated with the idea of vanilla sort of ever since I started playing as a result, because it was this, this great intangible sort of unreachable, untouchable golden sort of time, you know, and, and quite soon after I started playing, well, a couple of years after I started playing WoW, obviously the Cataclysm expansion happened and, and lots of the old world was literally redesigned and, and, and rebuilt and all the quests and things uh, changed. And in fact, it's probably the reason I've got a YouTube channel now um, uh, is because my interest in, in, in YouTube as an entire platform uh, originated from me trying to find videos of vanilla wow sort of gameplay and oh, that's talking about it and, and just seeing what it looked like um <laughs> because and, you couldn't and, right yeah exactly and that's I remember, interesting I my, saying, uh, and, and... my interest in podcasting came from uh trying to get to have people to talk and hear talk about wow more it's it's you know created so many vocations yeah absolutely um and uh that yeah that's that's where my uh, habit of watching YouTube's videos came from, particularly WoW content, and and lo, here I am. Um, and so that is, it's always been kind of uh, a, a dream to play vanilla for me. So I've always been 100% um, uh, in favor of of classic WoW, and I've been hashtag no changes. You know, I want the I want the museum experience. Um, and I, you, I want you never exactly played a quote unquote private server you never explored well, no because i because i never played vanilla and this was a great fear of mine and, mm. and why i never played uh, classic servers um a because frankly it looked a bit hard to set up mm. uh, and i had better things to do but also because because i never played vanilla um and i understand that private servers aren't always completely accurate right right i wouldn't know if something was being accurate or not mm. so i wouldn't see something and go oh that's something they've done wrong that wasn't in vanilla um i would i, I would be blissfully unaware and i don't want that i i want to be safe in the knowledge that blizz have done this from the original code and that it is as accurate as it could possibly be and that i am experiencing it um as it as as closely as i possibly could um, uh, to how it would be because obviously there are things that you, you can't help like it has to have battle net integration course, um, it, you know and uh, and in fact the way I'm playing it is completely unlike uh, my my initial experiences in WoW um, uh, which is something you can never recreate either uh, you know when you jump into that game for the first time you're completely clueless and you're, you're wandering around you're literally learning how to put things on your bars and and uh, to keybind and um, you have no idea how to play the game. I always think the the one of the major steps you take in learning how to play WoW need to go and watch some videos on YouTube or read a guide <laughs> somewhere. And that's like a genuine step in learning how to play WoW. That moment where you realize there's a lot more in this game than I can possibly work out for myself. Mm. That's um, fair, and yeah. and and taking that step and that's a step that comes usually about three or four months into play for most people mm -hmm. but of course everyone knows that knows that they have to read guides before they even mm -hmm. start um and things like that so it, it it will never it for me stepping into it never going to be a a recreation of my first time in wow it was never going to be a nostalgia trip because obviously i wasn't there although it, it does have some nice Wrath of the Lich King feels as well in those in those early starting areas that I remember. You know, I, having the talent trees and all the old functionality and and it, the general feel and ethos of it is is very familiar from a nostalgic point of view. Um, but because I never played vanilla, it, it, I am approaching it from the point of view of just playing it as a game. 
Um, and if you're, someone you're who breaking knows... up a little bit, I'll I'll switch the servers and uh, it should be back up now. Oh, we'll I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What was it's the last fine. thing you heard me say? Oh, they, it, we heard everything, but it was just okay. I was using a different server. Okay, so oh, all right, it, so so you're you're boring, this is uh, 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 you're kind of making it into a very long description. But what I really want to know is, are you enjoying it? I mean, I'm sure you are, but. No, it's terrible, obviously. No, I'm having a great time. <laughs> of course I am, because I really like World of Warcraft. And it doesn't it doesn't feel as different as I was expecting, really. But oh, I knew that from playing Yeah, seriously. Yeah. Um, but I knew that from playing the beta anyway. It, it felt like leveling an alt with no heirlooms or or other characters or help like that. It's also worth noting that I'm I'm playing this game as someone who and a streamer and has a ready-made community. You know, when when yeah, I, I, I started playing, to note, yeah. oh, totally. Uh, when me and Evie logged on on the first night into that cacophony of uh, billions of people just uh, melting the servers, uh, we were instantly in a group of five players who we knew, mm. questing around and having fun. Uh, on day two, we set up our guild, um, and you know, hundreds of people joined, and we raised the gold we needed to have a guild tabard, and everyone bought a, a guild tabard. That was day two. You know, who did that on day two of Vanilla mm -hmm. WoW? Um, and uh, as such that, you know, we've got, we are the guild masters of a guild that have like 700 people in, um, and we have groups to do everything we can possibly want uh, and to quest with and to dungeon with and to tell us where we need to be going, what we need to be doing and, and helping us out with any sort of differences. Um, and those are the things that I like about WoW most anyway is that social aspect and the, the the grouping aspect and the and just playing with other people and so chatting with other people you're you're not really fumbling around like you're not having trouble tapping mobs which because this is one of the big uh hang-ups i had when i first you know i played for 20 minutes in classic it was like well the, there are so many people and i can't get the mobs i need for my quest because it's impossible to task to to tap the mobs um which of course is not an issue in later versions of the game, but you're not having those issues because in a group of five, it's five times much easier. Well, it's, it's a lot level. easier, yeah, for mm. sure. And okay. um, obviously, on the first night, it was horrible, and you'd right. spend. Um, and we spent two hours completing two quests, you know. <laughs> so um, you did was... have kind of the same experience I did. Oh, for sure. But I mean, that's yeah. part of the fun on the first night. If that was if that was the case on day six, then it would be different. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, no, no, obviously like half the fun of any new WoW expansion, and, and this feels like a new expansion to me in many ways, yeah. um, is how terrible it is. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, and what a scrum it is, you know? Um, and so, that's, so that's what's different fun. though? What's different though? If it feels like an expansion, you already have your community uh, uh, there and, and having fun with them. What feels different? I'm, I wonder. Uh, the leveling is much famously is is much more involved um and a, a lot slower and um there is something really fun about feeling that your character is rubbish uh, which <laughs> hasn't happened in wow for, for a little while you know um and yes yeah, uh, something... in, in more recent iterations you are oh, sure. extremely powerful even if you start an alt if you start an alt now you're going to destroy everything and nothing's going to stop you until end game essentially Absolutely. And we still destroy everything because there's five of us. Mm. Um, but there is something very satisfying about all running around in, in guild tabards and because we're doing the same quests. The uh, the gearing is uh, certainly in, in the leveling feels a lot more linear uh, than it does in modern WoW um, and a lot more sort of pre-planned in a way. So we do this quest because we know this is the quest that we do to get our cool blue staff 
Uh, and then we've all got a blue staff that we run around with. And uh, we're kind of uniform in that respect. And this is the quest we do to get our cool red hood. And it's like the first helm that we get in the entire game. Um, and we did that quest. And then we all had our red hood and we wore our red hoods and it just looked really cool. Um, and <laughs> it's just little kind of community aspects like that. Um, but yeah, there's there's certain elements of of the vanilla experience that I'm completely bypassing. Um, that whole aspect of learning the game um, and that whole aspect of not knowing what I'm doing, uh, which could be there because I don't know my way around lots of these. I, and I'm, I'm leveling as Horde as well, which I never did pre-Catter hmm. um, uh, before. So, you know, I don't know half of these zones. I don't know where the quests are, what I'm supposed to be doing. And I don't like reading guides if I can help it. So I wouldn't know which uh, dungeons I was supposed to go to at what times. But I'm playing the game the way that I really enjoy, um, uh, which I really enjoy. And, and pe people say that, you know, vanilla is more this type of game and BFA is more this type of game. And that's never been my experience with WoW. I've, I've always played WoW exactly how I wanted to. Mm. And that's exactly what I'm doing now. So yeah, I'm getting, I'm getting a lot out of it. It's, it's great to hear. I mean, a lot of people are uh, saying the exact same thing as you are. And I think uh, what they're getting out of it, which is a little bit different from the more recent iterations, is that more rpg-esque experience um of having to progress a character and feeling weaker and having to get new spells and etc cetera, etc cetera, which i'm super glad that people are getting and as i mentioned in a couple of other shows it's something that was unless you went and on a private server, which was very difficult, um, especially recently, it's something you couldn't do. Like there are very mm. few gaming experiences that have become completely unavailable. Um, and, and that was one of them. So it's great that it's possible to do it again. Um, I think my, my approach to it, I've, as I said in the beginning of the show, I sort of refined my view on it a little bit. Um, and, and the reason I'm not, adverse to wow classic i think that's it comes off that way sometimes but it's not the case the reason i take it with a little bit of a grain of salt i guess is the fact that having lived through that evolution uh it seems to me that all of those uh, uh more uh difficult elements like you know tapping the mobs having to find a group which you don't have to but uh, having to sit two hours in a capital city to find a group and and go do a dungeon that lasts two hours all of these things i think are are great fun and i did have great fun back then but they become tedious when you're playing this game every day for years right and and after you've done all of that for many, many days and months, um, the natural progression of the game becomes, I think, to make it a little bit more arcadey and a little bit more easy. And that experience that I had is what leads me to say things like, you know, oh, but you'll see in six months, you will feel differently. Um, oh, for sure. But, and I, I think you're right as well. That said... Uh, sorry, I just, I just want to finish that. The thought, which a lot of people have told me, sure, maybe, but we don't care. We're having fun now. And this it will still be a great experience. And those six months will be awesome. And we will be glad to have had it. Um, 
even if at some point, maybe theoretically, it's become, it becomes tedious. And I think the disconnect that I've had with people who, you know, we sort of talk in parallel to one another, I say one thing, they say another thing, is based in that, in the fact that I'm, I'm thinking, oh, my experiences and what happened six months, one year, two years down the line, and others are saying, I don't care about that. I'm just having fun now. So... Yeah, and I, I think that's. I, I think you hear both uh, good points on both those sides. Um, that being said, uh, your kind of observations about sitting in in towns and, and waiting for groups and things like that is something that really doesn't have to happen anymore. You know, I'm 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 a streamer. I have a community, but Discord communities exist. Um, the online resources exist. Just the fact that you know you can go online and that's going to help you find groups rather than have to do it in game exists in a way that it didn't back in vanilla so i feel like live in streamlines the experience as much as mm. modern wow does um you well, know I, I agree but then what's the difference from between that and an lfg kind of you know what yeah exactly what well, i i would say not much that's mm. that's the uh, that's that's definitely the point and i would say that things that i'm enjoying about classic are incredibly similar uh to the things that i enjoy about bfa mm my favorite things about my experience in classic so far and list my favorite things about my experience in bfa this expansion it would be a very similar list because those are the things that i enjoy about wow mm. well you know what the the conclusion to all of this and the past two or three weeks that i've discussed this extensively the conclusion is that really i'm super happy that people like you and others have the opportunity to enjoy it um and that's great. That's something that we didn't think we were going to get. And I hope people really have fun. So, and we'll see what happens in six months to a year. Maybe people will tell me, you know what? I love having to queue to, to search for a healer <laughs> for two hours and going to Skullomance and that dungeon lasts another two hours. And I have to go on a, on a two hours trip just to get there because I happen to have been in, you know, Stranglethorn Vale. I, I kind of, um, I think that's a, a, without wanting to extend this conversation too much longer, I think that's a genuinely interesting f philosophical question. And I, I feel like throughout its life, just because of its sheer popularity and the amount that's been around and the, the, the amount of attention it has had to keep, WoW has been at the forefront of kind of discovering new things about video games and online communities. And I think it's clearly doing that now with Classic as well. People talk about old school RuneScape and things like that, but mm. no other game has had this kind of popularity for so long. Um, and to have WoW Classic is, is really interesting because that's, that's absolutely true. I'm level um, 28 now, I think, in game uh, after a week. Of, of, of playing mm -hmm. it took me a good four months to get to level 28 first <laughs> time i played this game and that was in wrath which was super easy you know yeah um so uh, and and it's true that um within a year pretty much everyone who has persevered with wow classic will be at max level um which is not something that happened in vanilla you know that percentage of players who are playing the game being at max level and, and relying on end game content for their fun, it's going to be, again, a lot more familiar to modern WoW players um, than this extended sort of like leveling process that they're in the middle of now. And I'm really interested to see what happens there because, uh, you know, when you've got 90% of players in classic WoW being at, at max level, happened in vanilla. And I, I want to see what differences kind of come out of the community um, and, and, and what happens there. Mm. I, I think... You'd be surprised. There were a lot of people who were max level uh, back in vanilla. It took a oh, little bit sure. longer, but 
it it was still you know maybe it took six months but it was still a year of max level play for everyone in there um so i think it was quite significant i remember i actually didn't start playing wow when it launched i i jumped in a few months later uh and i still remember people oh my god it was so nightmarish to do skullmance and dire mole and all of those i mean you know i i i know that so many people have told me oh you don't know how i will feel about it and if everyone loves it it's awesome people don't realize, realize how tedious it becomes. Uh, I don't think so. And, and maybe I have, you know, my memory is uh, uh, biased. I'm not biased, but I, I have a, a memory that is uh, um, damaged by a decade and a half of not resentment, but remembering the tedium of it. But I'm very, I'm like you. I'm very curious to see what happens in, in six months. And um, we'll see. But if people, you know, stop playing, as I was saying, it doesn't matter. It, they will have had that experience and it will have been fun. And if they keep playing, then it's awesome that they can keep having that experience. And it, it's equally awesome. So there's really no uh, rancor in the way I'm describing it. And I, and I hope people don't take it as such. It's just my experience that i'm relating and maybe other people's experiences will be different i hope and i think there's i think that's that's one of the problems if there is a problem is uh again we live uh, in a world which maybe is a bit different from uh 2004 where there's a tendency to need to take a side mm. um in any kind of argument you know it's not enough that i like uh, classic i have to say that i like classic because it does everything right that bfa yeah. does wrong and it's not enough for me to just be bored of classic i have to say it's well it's because people only liked it because of the nostalgia and things like that yeah. um so there, there's this tendency to kind of try and create drama and debate where there doesn't need to be any and it's a, it's a win-win for for blizzard um either way there's no <laughs> coincidence that this game came out in in august um which is the the summer the same as the last couple of um uh a live world of warcraft expansions um if if they continue to put out a live expansion every two years and you know if they can bring out the burning crusade two years from now and the wrath of the lich king classic two years after that i mean they finally realized their dream of having a world of warcraft expansion every year haven't they that's that's exactly um, what i was saying on the instance uh, last week and and our theory or some i think we came up with that idea uh last week they could I don't think they will do it, but it would be interesting for them to have the classic track and the modern track and to have the new expansions without the uh, archetification of the game. Like, don't include LFG. Don't include all of those, uh, you know, tapping mobs is, is if, if they can, um, tapping mobs is, it becomes uh, uh, easier or there's no more tapping mobs and stuff like that. And get those expansions in classic style so you know within 10 years we would have the current version of wow or so or something like that but with the classic more rpg like uh, vanilla style that would be i mean that's something that i've heard a lot of people talk about um i would argue it defies the entire point of classic uh in of itself i mean what, how far do you take that did you when you have your burning crusade classic do you ignore the quality of life improvements that came with burning crusade and keep it classic style so it's not actually yeah, a recreation of but what about yeah yeah that's the idea. Burning crusade 
What about well, the people that have been waiting to play a recreation of Burning true. Crusade? They don't get that then. No, they don't. Um, but Burning Crusade, you can mostly play because let's be honest, the the improvements, quote unquote, to the quality of life stuff uh, came to WoW. I know a lot of people like to uh, dismiss the the like a lot of people like up to wrath and a lot of things afterwards in their mind was not real wow anymore but a lot of the quality of life improvements that uh, uh were implemented were implemented very early on in burning crusade and in wrath of lich king um and and people still thought that those experiences were amazing and for the most part you can go back and play burning crusade as it was back then today in modern wow um, it's it wouldn't be that different if it was launched I, in classic. I think Burning Crusade purists would disagree with you wholeheartedly. Um, I'm sure they uh, would. Personally. But, um, but well, the thing is, what's going to happen if if that was to happen, and you say, "Hey, here's a version of Burning Crusade," but it's not Burning Crusade. It's WoW Classic, but it's Burning Crusade. So we're basically <laughs> just pasting the, the content of Burning Crusade on top of WoW Classic, but mm-hmm. without any of the balancing or system changes. And hey, you still can't be a shaman on uh, on Alliance and <laughs> exactly, enjoy. Yeah. Well, obviously, what's going to happen is people are going to say, oh, that's great. That's really fun. But can we have the Burning Crusade as well? <laughs> so then you'll have Burning Crusade as well. And boom, you've got four different WoW games right there. You've yeah. got Live WoW, you've got Classic, you've got Classic Burning Crusade, and you've got Burning Crusade, Classic Burning Crusade. Um, and at so, some point, it just becomes ridiculous. But if you if you don't do that, if you just add expansions as they've been released, in 15 years, you get back to where we are now, and well, you have to start the WoW Classic they, They've already again. said they would stop at Burning Crusade, uh, at, uh, at Wrath of the Lich King. Um, they, when they talked about this idea before, they said, you know, it would be the pre-cataclysm world, mm. in which we count as being the classic world, and we okay. would stop at that. And I think most people would be pretty happy with that. I agree. Yeah, that that would pro- that is actually quite feasible. So it would make sense. That's still six years of uh, yearly expansion releases, Patrick. I think they'd be pretty happy with uh-huh. it. And you know what? As much as I dislike classic, I could see myself jumping into Burning Crusade or, Wrath- or Wrath of the Lich King, not for a long time, but just for a little bit, um, because those are my prime. Um, well, actually, classic as well, but. Anyway, we'll see if that happens. But yeah, <laughs> I have right. to say, I, I feel like I should say at this point, after gushing about classic so much, and having said that I started in Wrath of the Lich King, that's where my nostalgia is. Um, I would have almost zero interest in playing on a Burning Crusade or Wrath of the Lich King server. Oh, really? That's super interesting. Maybe um, it is. I, I mean, would. maybe it is a lot of. I, actually, that's not true. There's a lot of people who did play back in classic who are enjoying it now as well. I was going to say maybe it's people who didn't try it um, who have a chance to do it now and who are really enjoying it but i know a lot of people who actually played through it are also enjoying it too so um much as people say that burning crusade is like the the peak of wow or or wrath is the peak of wow um i think anyone who was gonna come back at burning crusade classic or have a look at wrath classic would have come back for classic that's true that's true. People back to the game than would have come otherwise. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah. And it and the conclusion of all of this is that uh, this is <laughs> really good business for Blizzard. And I <laughs> certainly did not expect it to be as successful as it is. I really? Mean, oh, I in no world did uh, I imagine. I thought some people would play it. Um, but already, uh, even though I have questions about how successful it will be down the line, um, I never would have thought that that many people would play for so long. Um, 
it's I, I I clearly I was wrong, and I have no problem admitting it. But uh, I I didn't think it would be that. I think most people would jump in and play for you know three or four hours and think this is you know ancient crap and stop playing. And what I didn't factor in, I guess, is the you know. We're going to get to Gears of War in a second, but earlier <laughs> in the summer, I played through the entirety of Gears of War 4, um, and I described it as an archaeological gaming experience. And I had a lot of fun playing that and looking you know, from the outside as kind of the way we made games 50, 10 or 15 years ago. I know Gears 4 is much more recent than that, but really follows the template of the older games in the series that date back to 2006 or something. Um, and I, I should, you know, I'm only connecting the dots now, but I think a lot of people are genuinely, and I did genuinely enjoy Gears 4, and I think a lot of people are genuinely enjoying WoW, maybe with some elements of that, um, of the appreciation for the way we used to do things, whereas for some people, having played it a year nonstop every day it had become tedious back then oh, for sure but um, and i think there's yeah. i think i think there's something a lot more simple than that as well i think um i think there's definitely an element of people enjoying the game systems and things more than in modern wow and i think that's genuine um yeah. but also there's an element of everyone loves leveling in wow right like mm. everyone jumps into a new expansion and they will level up to max level and they will thoroughly enjoy it and then they'll drop it into the next expansion that's a genuine way that people play wow um and and the leveling part of of any new expansion is often the most critically acclaimed part of any new expansion as well um and it's just something that on a very basic visceral level people really enjoy doing and, and vanilla has got the longest leveling experience of all wow experiences so mm. it's obviously something that people are enjoying and when the game is full of players and everyone's talking about it there's a, a major fear of missing out and there's a major hype about it as well that makes you want to play it as well and that helps you get through any kind of boring grinding and, and yeah, what have yeah. you when when a community is completely buzzing and kicking and, and alive and of course that will change i mean there are more people playing classic now than there ever will be again yeah that's that's Fair thing to say, which is the opposite of how vanilla worked which had an incremental steady increase in players throughout its mm -hmm. life um so again it'll be interesting to see how that pans out as well um and i think we're going to see some some very empty servers and lots of uh, server transfers a year or so down the line um to be expected uh but yeah it's i, I think don't underestimate the power of just leveling a character um, oh, and how a fun very that good can point, be yeah. yeah very good point maybe what i really have uh, um post-traumatic stress disorder syndromes <laughs> yeah. about is not wow classic it's more the end game of wow classic maybe there is yeah. something there um that might be more accurate um hmm. anyway uh it certainly took the world by storm and i didn't expect it because that is wow classic was all the entire gaming community could talk about for two weeks and We've been talking about it nonstop for about 30 minutes, maybe a little bit. Sorry, less, everyone. But, uh, uh, it's, you know, it, it was the um, actual news of the gaming community for a while. So, um, <coughs> all right. Another game I did want to mention, I didn't play it quite as much as WoW uh, in my life, uh, but I did play a few hours. It's Control. Uh, I'm sure you've heard about the game. It's Remedy's latest game, came out about a week ago, and... Uh, and no one really knew what to expect, but it has been surprisingly acclaimed and it pushed me to actually get it and, and give it a try. And oh my God, this is an incredible, 
achievement. I can't quite say it's an incredible game yet because I'm very early on and gameplay-wise, it's interesting, but it doesn't have enough variety for me to judge it. But artistically, I, I don't think I've ever seen any game or even almost any TV series or, or movie uh, do the things that Control is doing. A lot of people have been talking about uh, that aspect of the game, um, but to me, it is even more incredible than what I've heard or seen because it's it's like it is the most, the closest to art that I have seen in any game. And that includes oh. indie projects like, you know, I don't know, Journey or... Um, uh, Monument Valley or anything like that in that it's not re it's not just art for the sake of art it's incorporating art in the context of a third person shooter game um, visually and conceptually and uh, um, on the sound perspective and on the writing aspect it is a little bit x-files twin peaksy well i'm gonna i'm gonna stop you there patrick because yeah. um I, this is this is really interesting but i'm gonna ask you to kind of put that even more into the basics for me now because my my experience of this game is seeing people rave about it on on twitter um and seeing screenshots of it and going oh cool okay so black widow is in this game and um <laughs> You, you run around and it looks like a triple A title, but people say it's really cool and really interesting. So can you explain to me what is different about it? So I don't want to spoil it. So I'm not going to go into too much detail because I think experiencing it for the first time is part of the, well, experience. But um, there is, it, it creates a, a, a mood and an atmosphere that is unique. It, there's um, the, the character the main character, Jessie, which you were refer referencing, um, ha talks to herself. And so she kind of uh, explain things, explains things about the world, but she doesn't do it in a straightforward way. She does it in a very cryptic way, as if the world... She has already lived through a lot of things, and the way she talks about what's surrounding her is... Uh, um, informed by all of the things she's lived through. There's metaphysical stuff. Uh, as I was saying, I was referencing X, uh, X-Files and Twin Peaks. And she talks about these things um, in a very natural way, but they create this sense of uh, a larger world that you are inhabiting in a way that is very difficult to create in a game. That's from just her talking to you or talking to herself in her head. Just that already creates all of this. But visually, it is incredibly inventive. So you have this uh, building that is kind of a FBI kind of uh, administration building, but it is um, uh, uh, also kind of science fiction-y, metaphysical, shape-shifting building. So visually, sometimes you will enter a room and almost in uh, Inception-like manner, the walls will move. And the, the, the arrangement of the structure of the building will change before your eyes. And that creates a feeling of, you know, otherworldliness that I have rarely experienced before. The color palette is 
dark and and again contributes to that atmosphere but in a way that is never obstructing uh, uh, obstructing your enjoyment of the visuals um the sound design is also expertly done to enhance that uh, eeriness that it creates um the writing is also expertly done and coherent with everything else um i'm saying the writing there are documents that you find I'm trying to stay away from specifics, but... <laughs> and I appreciate that, and I'm thank thankful for it. It's, I, the, it's not like a AAA, like Assassin's Creed, where it's like an arcade um, uh, fun experience. It's fun, but it transports you somewhere else. And the way it manages to create that vessel that transports you is through uh, expertly crafted art and and you know craftsmanship so i don't know does it does it answer your question or is it just more yeah, cryptic? It, no it does it, it genuinely does and uh it's one very important question uh which may help decide whether i play this game or not um can i get it on the switch <laughs> not yet um uh, it's well, probably count me out count me out i'm, I'm probably <laughs> one of the most graphically intensive games you will find uh currently on computers. oh really that actually i mean that's really interesting because it certainly doesn't seem that way um well you uh, can tone down the graphics at, um yeah yeah it doesn't run super well like on playstation 4 and xbox one except for the x so you might want to get it on pc i have a, a geforce 970 so a few years old quite a few years old and it works fine but obviously i don't get all the bells and whistles graphically and still it's incredibly enjoyable and um transporting isn't it so. isn't it terrible because you were talking about how clever and satisfying and mature and intelligent the game was i kind of assumed the graphics were going to be bad that's <laughs> that's how my brain is programmed to appreciate video that's games funny. And, and looking at looking at screenshots and things it's very it is a very dark color palette and it's very mm. brutalist and it's very sort of um and so yeah it's amazing the assumptions you make okay no it's good right yeah get me back on some other time we'll talk about control once Excellent. i played it through we can discuss the spoilers i can't wait Perfect. And and also it's fun, by the way. It like gameplay wise, it is fun. Some people like it more than others, but it is definitely fun. It's not just a, a art trippy experience. Um oh, and I'm also looking forward to Gears 5. I mentioned Gears 4 earlier. Um it uh, obviously it's not out yet, so we'll talk about it next time, but I'm very much looking forward to it. Apparently, people are saying it's very good as well and stays true to the Gears spirit but modernizes it not in you know as much as some game reboots have in recent years but um it's a pretty good game so looking forward to that i'll be playing it tonight all right this is the not fun part of the show um the uh, in my tech shows i always talk you know i i always say you know i got in this business to talk about phones and and fun gadgets and now we have to talk about government surveillance and and that kind of thing. Um, this is in the same, uh, uh, kind of in the same spirit. It's not something I want to talk about, but obviously I think we have to. There have been some very serious harassment and uh, violence, both physical and um, psychological allegations against prominent members of the gaming community uh obviously it's mostly female uh developers uh 
talking about male uh, uh, developers and, and producers and music compos composers in positions of power. And that happened about 10 days ago. Um, it, it wasn't a, oh, we hear one person and then it dies out. It was a, we hear two or three people and it sparks a series of um, uh, victims being uh, encouraged to come forward and having the courage to come forward because they felt less alone. So I don't think that the um, accusations are really in questions for, for at least for some of the people who were involved. Um, and then a few days ago, about a week ago, um, the... The horrible part upon horrible story uh, happened when one of these um, uh, perpetrators uh, took his own life, apparently. We're not 100% sure of the, of the details, but it certainly seems like that uh, person, I think we can name him. I'm going to, I hesitated naming people. I did in my French show. I think I won't because we don't have uh, definitive proof on the others um, and we don't on Alec uh, Holoka, Holoka either, but, you know, he's um, he's passed away now. So I'll mention his name. And it seems like he is definitely one of the people whose um, wrongdoing was the most clearly established, even if it wasn't proven in a court of law. Um, it's, it's a horrible situation because obviously, even as bad uh, as what some of the things he did were and certainly every a lot of people have come out saying including his former co-workers and ben stenson uh, uh, scott benson sorry uh, has put up a, a medium post his co-worker uh, when he did night in the woods uh put up a blog post where he explained how problematic and and toxic his co-worker alec holoka could be as bad as all of this is, obviously no one wants him to, you know, hurt himself or or do anything like that. And it brings into question, I mean, obviously he was troubled. Um, he was trying to get better, according to his sister. He was making a lot of effort. Um, but the, 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 the bad that he did didn't go away because of that. Uh, we, no one wanted him to 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 hurt himself and yet he did and that led some people to go out and harass the victims uh and and accusers in with what i believe is you know motives that are absolutely not um what they would they would claim they are um i don't know if there's any good way of of rounding up this story it's just the reason I, mean, I want to talk about like it, like with any story of um, abuse, uh, there are no winners, are there? And um, you know, uh, the victims certainly aren't a winner. Uh, in 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 this case, the perpetrator isn't a winner. Um, video games aren't winning this. No one is winning. Um, and uh, in a story of so many losers and hurt and pain, I mean, my first. Um, I mean, sticking with the Alec uh, Holoka stuff, my first um, was was reading that Scott Benson Medium post that you that you bought mm. up um, a couple of days ago, and it sort of popped up on on Twitter, and it was genuinely the most heartbreaking thing I think I've ever read. 
it was um so familiar in so many ways um to um anyone who's ever been in contact with someone whose uh behavior is a pattern of kind of destruction to themselves and to the people around them um and as 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 tragic and heartbreaking as the destruction that people do to themselves in those situations is destruction that they do to people around them whether that be kind of uh sexual allegations like we've had but also just social um uh networks being destroyed as well which is which is what seemed to happen in scott benson's case as well i mean i, I don't know about you but i i've i've had people in my life who have had that kind of whirlwind of just they take over your life and and kind of your entire life becomes all about them whether that be because you have a personal relationship or a working relationship with them um and that certainly doesn't make their own personal situation any less tragic um as you say uh alec was clearly an incredibly troubled man um he was on uh medication he was trying to 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 make his life better um talented man as well and i i think there's a, a, an element of and always has been um and it's something that, that exists in video games at the moment of almost the fetishization of of the the troubled uh destructive <laughs> genius you know who 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 um we can forgive all of these bad things they do because they made a really cool indie game um and that's very dangerous as well and that's what we're seeing in the way people are reacting to the accusers who have done nothing wrong um, and in a story of for everyone involved, I find that the, the most sad part, that we, we now have to try and hold people back from harassing people that have already been through horrible things. Um, it, it makes me so angry that this is a part of the community, and I don't know. I, there's no way you can talk about it and, and get a, a proper... Mm a proper grip on things is there all we can do is kind of listen to the people that knew him and listen to the people that experienced it and i guess um and and and, and go from there which is something that no one really wants to do and it's hard yeah i yeah i th you're right there's there's nothing um that we can take out of it except i think maybe um what I I would like to do, and I think what everyone has been doing in this situation is, sadly, um, we need to listen to the people who speak up and make it so it is possible for them to find the courage to speak up when these things happen so that they happen less. And however tragic the situation, the specific situation with Alec Holoka is, which it very much is... Um, it doesn't really change the fact that the 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 abuse that we're seeing, which is not unique to the gaming industry, uh, we have to work towards uh, reducing and hopefully at some point um, making go away. And that goes through listening to the people who are um, accusing and who are victims and. I know that a lot of people say, you know, there's a presumption, you know, innocent until proven guilty. And certainly that is an essential uh, component of our democracy. But there is also a little bit of experience. And the experience is the, the accusers have very little to gain 
in accusing someone just for the shits and giggles. They are in when they do that, they call upon themselves a lot of hardship. And this isn't like accusing a politician to derail their campaign. You know, there is nothing to gain there. It's a it's obscure game developers. The only result, it's not they're not gonna make money, they're not gonna get fame. The only motivation maybe there are exceptions you know but it, it's the only motivation is the sense of hurt that that they feel and the desire for justice there is nothing else so and of course honest, you should be, be you should be sorry, careful the, and and the innocent until proven guilty thing uh, you know is important but in these cases it it it's not as big a factor as some people want to make it be sound sure and and to the only guaranteed outcome of coming forward, sadly, is more harassment from certain yeah. areas of the internet, um, and and genuine other threats, and uh, and uh, sort of uh, having been on a very very small uh, receiving end of of that kind of culture myself, it's terrifying and and you know world changing and and and. Mm. Yeah, um, the accuser in this case would have known full well what was going to happen yeah. um, when she came forward. And I promise you, if she's been through that before, which she has, she didn't want that. Yeah. So whatever her motivation was, um, was, was enough to trump that. And she's been, I mean, all but legally proven right in what she was saying now because we've had many many that's what usually happens by the way it's not yeah. the conspiracy to sully a good man that's not what happens that's what happens in in some movies what actually happens in real life in these cases is other people come forward and and the thing is is proven true um i again i'm sure there are exceptions but you can't make your life the general rule through exception. And I think on a much more concrete level, what we can do, you and me and everyone listening, um, it's usually not to the level of, uh, you know, rape and 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 uh, year-long harassment. What it is, is little things, you know, a, a sexist joke or a sexist remark. And just like a few years ago, it was perfectly cool to say, hey, that's gay. And through mutual learning we, we realize maybe that's a little bit insensitive and maybe I just when like someone to say says that i never that, thought that was cool patrick i was never well, I was you're never younger cool than me how old are you how old are you i totally Nick? take your point and it is the only way things are going to change um, yeah. sadly is is to talk about these things and look there are 30 years worth of stories to come out right now which is why it seems like it happens every day mm. um and if that's what has to happen uh to to get to a point where uh, you know, things are better and this isn't part of the culture, then so be it. And yeah, you're right. There's not much we from the outside can do apart from, you know, my automatic reaction with some of these people in the last week um, when I was told about it was to go, oh no, not him. I love yeah. him. Um, and I don't know if that's the right reaction either. <laughs> um, it's, 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 well, I mean, it's natural. It's if they do something, that, right. a work that you, that you admire, of course, that's going to be your reaction. Of course. Um, um, and then it, I, I guess that's a perfectly natural reaction. It's then what I choose to do and how I choose to react after that initial reaction, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, and that's something that I can change. Um, and yeah, I, yeah, and you know, it's just, a, I think the, I think the first step has to be not automatically 
harassing people who come forward. I think that's step But I one. think most people most people don't do that. I think Well, it's, it's too it's, easy to say most people don't do that. It's it, it's fine to say most people don't do that. If only 1% of 100,000 people do do it, that's still a thousand uh things that that person has to put up with. Absolutely. Um, and, and but I I don't think we talking here are going to convince those people to not harass them, right? I I I think the the people listening to us now might be more in a position of when someone is making a, a a you know boobs joke about a coworker or something instead of you know smiling politely or not wanting to say anything just say dude that's not cool and the first time they'll go like ah, oh, you're such a killjoy whatever and after 10 times from different people saying that maybe they they won't do it anymore and i think that's a much more concrete and and that's what i was saying when i was referencing the this is so gay saying it used to be very common you never hear anyone say this is so gay nowadays or maybe you do but it's very rare right and i think it does change slowly the makeup of society and that's something we all can do so think and of course don't problem, harass. Do, you, do you think there's a, a problem with a i i i, I don't want to use the word, but do you think there's a problem with uh, there being a backlash to that kind of thinking now? And uh, a lot of people are a lot of people are making a lot of money and and gaining a lot of status by saying the opposite of that and saying, no, you know what? You're right to be able to make boob jokes and you're right to be able to say things are gay. It's everyone else who's wrong. They're spoiling all your fun. Be proud of that. Um, yeah. do, you, do you think that's having an impact on the culture? I think as shocking as it is now, I do think it's a minority that's very vocal. And I don't think that is the way the world is going. I think the way the world is going, as difficult as it is to see because of all that noise, um, I think it's going in the right direction. Um, I think we're seeing it a little bit. You know, Gamergate is five years old now. It's literally uh, five years ago that event happened. The impact it has had on the game industry is certainly harassment and... Uh, misery for a lot of people but it has had i think zero impact or negligible impact on the direction that the industry is going in that inclusivity is important to many developers we've seen more not enough but more representation female representation in games uh, all around we've seen better quote-unquote like less objectifying representation we're seeing women put in more visible position it's taking time but it's it's happening because the people who actually make the decisions and matter are not the idiots who are waving around you know anti-feminist flags um so of course, it's I, I and I know a lot of people will hear this and say, oh, you're crazy. I just read on Twitter that this person was harassed. And, and of course, it does happen. Um, but look objectively at how the industry has moved since Gamergate. And it will be all towards better representation. And it, it, I'm not saying we're there. It's just I'm saying it's moving in the right direction. And Gamergate is not hampering that. If anything, it's showing how necessary it is. So would you agree with that or no? I would. And I thank you for saying it because it's made me feel a lot better. <laughs> well, that's what I'm all about. And even when things are <laughs> that's difficult. Why I, that's why I come here. <laughs> <laughs>
All right, uh, let's move on to lighter topics. I'm going to go over a bunch of uh, little bits of gaming news, and uh, we can, you can tell me afterwards if there are things that you uh, are especially interested in. Astral Chain has released on Nintendo. It's getting very good reviews. If you like Platinum games, then uh, go ahead and try that one out, uh, although you have to pay for it, so maybe buy that one. Uh, um, eight, uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey is getting the Discovery Tour mode next week. So I thought that um, in in it happened with the uh, Origins one, and I thought maybe they didn't make enough money out of it, so they wouldn't do it for Odyssey. But they are. It's coming. That's awesome. Yakuza Seven is, has been announced. I will try Yakuza One fairly soon because I want to see what this <laughs> so is all about. Caught up then, basically, almost, <laughs> almost, <there>. almost. <laughs> um, and it's going to have some weird turn-based um, elements of combat, which is it used to be like a, a beat 'em up uh, type combat. So that's interesting. Uh, Bungie is doing super interesting things with Destiny Two with Seasons. I would love to talk about it forever. I might talk about it when it releases and early uh, October when the expansion releases, but essentially they're making Endgame the 90% of part of the game, and it kind of resets every new season. Um, it's a really interesting way of approaching games as a service, and we can talk about it more at some point. Battlefront 2 has, still has uh, upga- updates. I, I want to mention it because Battlefront 2's release was such a crapshoot show um, that I want to mention the fact that they're following up and they're uh, still doing stuff. Mario Kart Tour uh, is coming on mobile on September 25th. It looks so sad. I want to like it. I want to I want there to be I'm- good mobile games but it looks really sad i want this to be good so bad patrick you have no idea like i'm i'm putting a lot on i'm putting a lot on mario kart tour Mm, you know because i i mean yeah it's i kind of feel like games on phones i know there have been some you you broke up a little bit games on phones oh sorry games on phones were almost almost hampered by us moving to touchscreen phones I kind of feel like if we just had really big screens, <laughs> but we kept buttons, that games on phones would be in a really good place these days. You are um, correct. Who yeah. even knows? But um, I, I, I want Mario Kart Tour to be good so much. It looks really great, and I know it's going to be terrible. And even if it's brilliant, I, I know I'm not going to play it anyway because oh, I can't play games on my phone. It's from like <laughs> 2005. But you know, I, I just want it to be good. So you know how you so call don't say a... anything bad about it. All right. Okay. Okay. I won't. But you know how you call a, a phone a screen with buttons? A switch. It's a switch. You have a switch. Oh, I'll get it on switch. It. What am I even thinking? I don't need to put it on my phone. I'll get it on switch. I'll wait for the switch release. Excellent. Can't wait. Um, Disney is reviving games like Aladdin and Lion King, which is making a lot of people happy. Um, and very quickly. There are a bunch of quote-unquote free games coming if you are a subscriber to different services. Gears 5, as I mentioned, and Dead Cells are coming to the Xbox Game Pass this month. Two incredible games. Uh, PlayStation Plus is getting Arkham Knight. I loved it. I almost completely entirely finished it. And Darksiders 3 in September. Um, Darksiders 3, it like came out two days ago. Uh, that's incredible. It was a year ago, but still. Uh, Celeste, I believe, is free at the moment, or maybe it's already gone, but on the Epic Game Store. If you haven't gotten Celeste, please 
please wait let me check that it's still part uh it's yeah before you make because, promises you can't keep yeah don't write those checks if you can't cash them patrick come on you know what if it's free i'll put it like this if it's free Get it now. Stop everything you're doing. Go and get Celeste on the Epic Game Store. If it, it is isn't... not free, buy it anyway. Yes, Absolutely. exactly. What, what is it, like 10 bucks or something? Game. Get it. Uh, and inside. So, so many great games. Um, anything in that giant list you want to talk about uh, more except yeah, for I mean, Mario actually, Kart? Like the, uh, uh, keeping on the theme of nostalgia and uh, rose-tinted spectacles this, uh, this, this episode, um, those, those Disney classic games hit me hard. Uh, when I when I saw those, the Lion King and the particularly the Aladdin one, um, which comes from a ve- like from the sort of era that I started playing video games in, um, and uh, am I right in thinking that the it, the uh, SNES version of the Aladdin game isn't happening? It's very specifically the um, uh, the Mega Drive version. Well, it's it's possibly it's the business. only uh, game that was included, you know, that existed on both platforms. That uh-huh. was better on Mega Drive. So, yeah, I agree. It should really? Because be I, I remember most, yeah, usually with platformers, Mega Drive games felt really janky compared to mm-hmm. SNES games. So yeah. I'd, be, I'd be interested to play that. Um, if this means, scenario, the long-awaited uh, reboot of Mickey's Magical Quest from the SNES, um, which I still <laughs> rate as one of the greatest games ever made, um, then I'm I'm fully in favor of it. Obviously, it's got a lot more to do with the movies that recently came out, but mm. um, I'd, I'd love to see some of those old Disney games come back because they were genuinely brilliant games back in the uh, the 16-bit era. Well, maybe it will be available on Switch. Who knows? <laughs> I've um, already already bought it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Celeste is free um, until the 12th. So you don't have, gonna have a better reason to get yeah. the Epic Games Store than Celeste. Yeah, and it's free... And if you get it for free and you don't like it, I will personally reimburse you. <laughs> there you go. Um, all right. Anything else? Uh, no PlayStation press conference at, at Tokyo Game Show. That's a bit weird. But I mean, they don't. They, they still don't have anything else to announce. But it, you know, at some point they're going to have to talk to us about Ghost of Tsushima and. Um, the Last of Us Part Two, but uh, we'll see. Steam is upholding, uh, upholding, uh, updating its uh, library. Finally, it's not 2009 anymore. I guess they're going to be doing uh, cool things with the library. Um, Ubisoft has launched its UPlay Plus subscription service. That is not the biggest of news, but when Watch Dogs Three comes out. At, at that point, a lot of people will will have to decide, do I get the game or do I get, you know, a, a subscription to Uplay Plus? I think that uh, will be a good opportunity for people to get it, uh, especially since it will also be available on Stadia, which means it will be available not in the best possible way, but it will be available on other platforms than just PC. Um and, uh, oh, right. Uh, oh, what's her name? Damn it. I have to open the article. You remember the, um, uh, oh, oh, Ikumi Nakamura fr- that presented Ghostwire Tokyo at E3 and she was so lovely. Oh, the show. Yeah. Well, she's leaving. Uh, <laughs> okay. That game's dead to me. Right. She's yeah, leaving the company. So, um, yeah, there you go. That was a bit of news. Uh, the international Dota uh, has seen its first time two-time champion 
And if you haven't seen Against the Odds, the one hour long documentary about OG winning Dota 2's International 8 last year, go to YouTube, check out Against the Odds. It's an amazing documentary, um, amazing human story. Doesn't matter if you don't know what Dota is. I didn't. I mean, I know what it is, but um, and it's super cool. And they won again. So incredible. Uh, CD Projekt is making is now making uh, uh, two series, Witcher and Cyberpunk, in parallel. So they're going to have multiple games in both franchises. That's not very surprising, but it's uh, happening. Um, I don't even want to talk about the NBA 2K trailer with with uh, uh, slot machines. That's like loot boxes and slot machines in the same game and trailer. Could talk about Almost it. like just a massive troll, isn't it? Almost, yeah. But you know, the, the reality is, I really think that the people who play those things don't care. Don't care, meaning oh, yeah. they'll, they'll play the card games. It's like FIFA Ultimate Team. The people who play it are the kind of people who buy a game a year, and they'll be happy to chug large yeah. amounts of money in those things. And... But I mean, talking about this on stream yesterday, we're so obsessed with um, kind of, I think a lot of the, the reasons people are so adamant about um, denying that things in video games are gambling, uh, when they clearly are. Um, yeah, is, I'd fight you on that, from, but okay. Well, no, no, it comes from a place, and I, I think you're doing it right now, comes from a place of saying that all gambling is automatically bad. You know, so it's a very defensive thing. If you say this thing is gambling, someone will technically go, well, I don't think it is, man. You're just buying sticker packets. You don't know what stickers are in there, blah, blah, blah. It's not saying that it's not harmless, but I think I think we are very loath to label things which clearly are gambling, gambling, because we think that means they are automatically bad um, and, and we're scared of the, the regulation that might come in in that respect. I mean, you, you, like paid loot boxes are clearly gambling. Um, sticker packets that you buy in shops for football stickers are clearly gambling on some level. Like Magic the Gathering and, and Hearthstone oh, that's, cards are clearly but that's, gambling. Yeah, that, that's the important part. You're saying on some level, maybe on some level. But the reason gambling is such an explosive word is that it means addiction and the the a, a big element of gambling in, in the way i look at it maybe there is i don't know what the clear dictionary definition of it is to me there's the um the the prospect of earning money which leads you to spend way more money than you reasonably should and even more than you do with the existing you know surprise mechanics as ea puts it um and and i'm not trying to defend that just just for the sake of it i genuinely think that gambling implies uh, uh more dire uh concepts than what we see in in games because you can't earn money out of it and thus you don't sell your house to gamble just a little bit more and that's why i think that's why the reaction to the world gambling the word gambling is as you know, strong as I think, you're I think saying people it is, that, which it is. That, I think people that do have genuine gambling addictions might disagree with you on your definition there. Okay. Um, and I, I think that just just because something can be addictive doesn't mean that the noun that describes it implies addictiveness. You know, I I I I, mm. I don't think gam the word gambling implies addictiveness uh, in the same way that I don't think you know video mm. games imply addictiveness, even though you can definitely be addi addicted to them. Um, I, I, yeah, it's, it's interesting. It's a, a longer philosophical debate than we have time for now. I'm sure. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> definitely an interesting aspect of it. And what's for sure is that NBA uh, 2K, uh, essentially 2K putting literal 
slot machines in their trailer to describe their loot boxes mechanics in NBA 2K is either incredibly tone deaf or trolling or the reality I really think that the reality is the people who play these things just genuinely enjoy them and don't care yeah. because that's another thing that I have never seen any study or actual proof beyond the oh it's clearly bad that it is clearly bad the, the worst I've seen is either kids spending a lot of money on the app store without their parents knowing, which that, of course, shouldn't happen, or people spending, you know, lots on Hearthstone and then thinking, well, maybe I shouldn't have. That was, you know, 500 bucks over the course of a year I maybe should have spent in food or, you know, uh, 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 saving money for, some, for my vacation. You know, this is, it's uh, not... That's kind of the point I'm trying to make with the mm. whole sort of shying away from using the word gambling because it, it has different like levels and, and different dangers and things like that. Yeah. And also it is fun and you're right to that audience. It's probably a genuine selling point of the game. It's yeah. like when you hear people in the 50s and also now saying, oh, it's just, it's just sex and drugs and rock and roll as if those aren't <laughs> fun things that we want. You know, it, it's they're, they're, those are dangerous things, but they're incredibly fun things. And gambling is like mm. that as well. And obviously, there are different levels of it. Like, is buying loot boxes in Overwatch gambling? Um, if you pay money for them, in my opinion, absolutely one hundred percent yes. Is it essentially a harmless form of gambling? Yes. Is it fun? Yes. Um, so I, I feel like I feel like we have an element in in the industry at the moment which is going. If only we could prove to them that it's gambling, then no one would like it anymore because we'd realize how dangerous it is. And I, I think that's a complete wrong approach. I think mm. it's okay to call gambling gambling, but it's not automatically yeah. dangerous. It's not automatically bad. Well, with your definition of gambling, I would agree with you. I just don't agree on the definition of gambling, but this is just semantics at this point. I would just put yes, some of these sorry. things <laughs> in a... No, no, no. I, I think it's an important point because this is exactly the, the kind of uh, specific discussion where people lose themselves into endless uh, arguing um, because... Whether, you know, if you call it gambling, then I agree with what you're saying, and maybe some forms of it aren't as bad as people make it out to be, and you're right that people are saying, oh, if we could prove it, that is, to them, if you, we could make them understand, then they would understand. Um, and the way I look at it is, this is not, it has elements of what gambling is, but to me there's this uh, uh, essential part of what constitutes gambling, which means that the, these other um activities don't enter into that category but again this is just the way we're naming things the, the the reality we're describing regardless of the words we use i think is exactly the same overwatch there are loot boxes whether they're good or bad i think they have a fun aspect to them and and actually not to prolong that conversation too much which is becoming a, a theme in this episode but i was thinking about this a, a few weeks ago and a, a way of showing that maybe of, of explaining why I don't have the same distaste for, for distaste for loot boxes is the mechanics of loot boxes in themselves are not inherently bad. And the way you can see that is that imagine a game where there are loot boxes for when you level, but you can't actually buy loot boxes. Now, of course. In practice, that probably wouldn't happen because the whole point of putting loot boxes in is that the, the developer or the publisher can then sell them to you. I understand that. But 
getting items from the game through loot boxes only through gameplay mechanics without having external money coming in, I don't think would upset anyone, right? So it's not no, the, sure. the loot boxes themselves that are problematic. It's the fact that you can buy... It's a whole other series of factors which make them problematic. So that's another aspect of that whole conversation I thought was interesting, but... And I totally agree. And, you know, the loot box itself isn't gambling. Uh, and when you get it from leveling up in Overwatch, for example, to go back to the example, uh, that isn't gambling, clearly. Uh, it's when you buy it with, with your own cash. I don't think many people would argue that. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, but it's just like when you say people, if they, when they get this idea of if, you could, if we could get people to understand that this is gambling in the same way, the way I look at it is... Some people are saying, oh, but if, you, if they could see the bad that loot boxes are, when really what they mean is if they could see the bad that uh, uh, paid loot boxes are, which is maybe yeah. even more semantics than what you were saying. And I'm oh, I, I, I think thing. it's an important point. And I don't think we should be afraid to call stuff gambling, even though it seems <laughs> harmless um, for, for, that, for that reason. Um, I, I, think, I, think it's, I think it's useful to be able to just say, no, that is, that's totally gambling. Is it mm. dangerous? No, not like some other forms. Maybe. Well, is it, you know... This is a cigarette. Is it dangerous? Well, this one is okay. That's the way. That's what I hear when you're saying, when I hear what you're saying. Well, no, because I get, I, well, no, I okay, know, fine. I know what you, I know what you mean. I understand. It's again what I associate with gambling. But um, yeah. All right. Okay. Uh, thank you. That was actually a very interesting point that you made. Um, LCG Entertainment bought the name Telltale Games uh, and some of its property uh, IP. A lot of people said, you know, oh, but Telltale, is it coming back? Like, what about the, the developers that were laid off and are they going to hire them back and all of that? Um, this is not LCG, which is a company created by a couple, two or three uh, um, developers that had nothing to do with Telltale. Um, it's not them buying the company, really. It's them buying the game and some of the IP, which is not even the important IP. So they're going to rework the thing from the ground up, maybe hire some people that used to work on the old games. Many of them have already found uh, other jobs. But um, yeah, it's, it's just Telltale. The name isn't really dead, but will that be a good or a bad thing? Who knows at this point? Interesting, because it, it links into something that's been happening recently. I don't know if you, don't know if you know this, um, but I think it's brilliant that Telltale Games are coming back. Also, I'm in talks to buy the Phileas Club at the moment. <laughs> um, uh, just the name, you're sacked, and I'm, I'm not really going to bother talking to people from different parts of the world and stuff like that. It's basically just me talking about whatever I want. But hey, Phileas Club sounds. You awesome. You know what? Uh, if you have the cash, uh, <laughs> everything is for sale. And I'll, I'll do you one better. Uh, we might even do it in the form of several loot boxes. I, you might get bit, something well, you I, like. I don't know what I've bought until I open the loot box. Or will it be Phileas Club? <laughs> or will it be Pixels? <laughs> Fingers crossed. All right. I think that is going to Like the to French version, it. hope not. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to hear your version of uh, my French shows. It would be will fantastic. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> That's basically what I can say. All right. Uh, thank you so much for spending uh, this time with me discussing and disagreeing with me on some things. Uh, it is always lovely when that happens in a, uh, um, a cordial environment. If they want more of that cordiality, 
where would the listeners go, uh, Nick? Um, you, you would uh, engage your uh, eyes as well as your ears, and you would make your way over to um, YouTube, and you'd have a look at uh, our YouTube channel, which is me and uh, my beautiful wife, Evertel. It's called Taliesin and Evertel Do Games. Um, and you can watch us on uh, Twitch streaming as well, Taliesin and Evertel. That um, sounds and amazing. We mostly play World of Warcraft. Yeah, don't <laughs> bother this week because we're going on Guild Holiday. But after that, come on down. That, so wait, wait, when this week? You mean uh, from this weekend to next weekend? On, on Saturday, we are packing our bags and we are going to uh, Barcelona for a week with our guild, with our Warcraft guild. That's um, amazing. Yeah. Uh, and it is heartwarming to see that people actually meet in real life still. I've get, given up on that a long time. <laughs> well, it doesn't exist in WoW anymore. Don't forget that. But, yes, um, exactly. Yeah. Although course, I... we're, loot boxing, we're loot boxing the villa, so um, we won't know what the villa is until we get there. <laughs> yeah, that would be an one incredible... Of staying, one of us is staying in Portugal. You know, they don't know yet. <laughs> um, talking about travels, are you going to uh, BlizzCon? I, we, uh, we can't... Maybe talk a lot about that but um, uh -huh. it's 99.9% .9 certain that we will be yes okay well I'm looking forward to seeing you there as well me uh, too. for me it's not Patrick Twitter Facebook and Instagram Frenchspin.com for this show and comments if you want to comment on what we said some clever stuff some dumb stuff how wrong I am about WoW Classic and loot boxes uh, feel free to do that at Frenchspin.com and we will be back in about a couple of weeks with another episode talk to you then many hugs to all of you As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.